All right. Hello and welcome just a family. This is Melissa Kretschler. I'm your host of giving you something to talk about live TV. I'm also an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, and many other things. As most of you know, uh, today we're going to be talking about living through an executive mask, which is a very passionate topic of not only mine, but our guest co-host, and I will get to her in a second. For anybody watching, please go like, follow, and share the show. You can join our newsletter at justalivetv.com. You can reach out if you'd like to be a guest speaker or if you'd like to see a topic featured on the show. We're always looking for your hot topics or topics that you think that people don't talk about enough. So reach out and let's connect. Today's episode has been sponsored by Corinne Elise. I think I said that properly. <laughs> and they are offering you... Own Your Power, which is five sneaky ways your confidence is leaking and what to do about it. So go check that out. That link is in the description. And yeah, I'm super excited for today's episode. And I'm going to hand it over to my guest speaker of today, Corinne Brasis, who is going to join me in talking about living through an executive mask. Corinne, please. Oh, Melissa, thank you so much for having me. So I know when we started chatting about this, we were both talking about being in the workforce and people putting on a persona of, you know, what they think they should be looking or acting like and being like, and I just feel, and I know we talked about this where everyone is just living this kind of <laughs> what it should be. And I think what's incredible is for the first time ever, we're having an opportunity where we're really seeing a shift, I think in identity power uh, where people are really just going out and, and, doing something different but I still feel like there's a little bit of push-pull <laughs> for some people and I know that we were going to talk about that um today so I um yeah <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you oh yeah so I'm an executive life coach um I had actually started out as a weight lo weight loss coach many years ago um and that started I think like so many other people um, from my own, my story of from like 13 to about 25, I was just, I, I love to, well, I didn't love to, it started out as like, oh, I'll just not eat today because <laughs> I think I'm fat um, at 13. And I was like a double zero, it was hysterical. But um, as I got older, I started turning more and more to food to make myself feel better when things were stressful. Um, you know, I had a kind of a difficult family life. My mom died when I was 16. So there was a lot of just stress in the family. Um, so that by the time I moved out, I was this party girl and running around and this and that. And, um, the one thing that was a constant in my life was my weight being all over the place and being very obsessed with food. Um, so eventually I ended up trying to, um, start, uh, competing in the competitions, bikini competitions. And, um, that just fed in even more into the spiral of this obsessiveness with weight. So when I finally got to a point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore, um, I decided to really go inward and heal myself basically. And um, when I healed that emotional eating and the binging, um, I was bulimic too. That was the jump off point for just everything else. So what my passion originally was, was starting with um, helping women have a healthy and happy relationship with their body. Um, but what I noticed was that the deeper I got into that, the more there was all these other little pieces that needed to be uh, worked through, that my confidence wasn't really, I really wasn't confident. It was dependent on outside things. I really wasn't secure with myself. It was dependent on outside people and things and objects and finances. Um, and that's where I did a lot of deep diving and um, that's what brought me to this point was when I started really healing all of these components, I realized that, um, and I do still work with women um, around emotional eating, but I realized what my passion was in Leiden was working with people and helping them manage their emotions and in turn um, their minds. So they have the ability and the power to actually get where they want to be in life and, um, and do anything basically. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> Yep. That's, that's my story. A lot of the struggles we face as, as individuals, whether we are, you know, male, female, young, old, in the middle, does an executive or, you know, nine to fiver, or even a stay at home parent, 
we, a lot of those issues that we struggle with and a lot of the mindset beliefs that we struggle with do come down to something we've experienced or something that has gone on in our childhood or formative years that we hold on to and kind of bring forward into present day, right? Into our reality. Totally. And when those thoughts and processes start to become really unaligned and really just powering through that negativity, right? Not powering through it and working through it, but but being overcome by that negativity. And, and this is what my life has become. And when we have those feelings, right? With, with the obsession of food or you know, depression or anxiety or anything along those lines, what we tend to do is we create really bad habits and we make really negative decisions that we don't realize we're making until after the fact, right? Mm -hmm. Because our reality is entirely created by our thoughts and beliefs, by the choices that we make in that moment. And when we're not in a happy centered place, those choices are not not for our, our greater good or our health. So we're talking about living through an executive mask. And I think that a lot of people who are executive, who are in high, prof high profile and professional um, situations, right? We are talking about executives. We're talking about actors, lawyers, doctors, actresses, musicians, um, comedians, all of these people have a persona that they have to upkeep, even you and I, as coaches, as a talk show host, as a speaker, we have a persona that is expected of us, right? Um, mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, even influencers or content creators, because now we have platforms like TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, where we're doing videos and we're doing reels and we're doing, you know, whatever it looks like, all these people are seeing our persona. Mm -hmm. right? We're giving our audience what we need. But for people like you and I, we've moved past that, right? I show up every day the same way that I am for the rest of the day. I might, you know, actually put on a bra and maybe do my hair. But at the same time, I'm still showing up as me. I'm not putting on a persona. And that's because I'm comfortable in who I am. I have, uh, like our sponsor says, I've owned my power right? Mm -hmm. Where I know what I'm capable of. I know who I am. I know how I want to express myself, but there are a lot of people who don't. And then in the background of all the beauty that we're seeing in all the staging that we're seeing, I watched an episode of 911. Um, I don't know if anybody, any of our viewers or yourself has watched 911. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a drama on TV and I'm watching it with my husband. I can't watch an episode without crying. I'm just going to preemptively strike that. Um, but I'm watching this episode and it's this influencer and it starts off and it's this influencer. She's got her camera. She's out by the pool and she goes into the sauna and she says, oh, I'm having work done on my new house. And she goes into the house. She goes into the sauna and there's people outside doing, doing work like on the house or on the driveway or what have you. And all of a sudden she gets hit. Like there's a big shift. She gets hit knocked over onto the rocks of the sauna and it's she's live streaming and wow. they get there and they rescue her and she's got burns and and all of this stuff and they take her to the hospital only to realize that's one that's not her house two she's very young and three she's putting on a persona for her viewers it's not even her house wow right so at the end of it, she does open up to all of her followers and say, you know, I still live at my home with my parents. This is, you know, this is the real me. And it's totally different. It doesn't matter what profession you're in. If you're wearing an executive mask, there's usually something underneath that mask that doesn't feel right. Hmm. Well, and I think that's, I mean, that's a lot of the work that I do is working with clients and helping them like where, what is your vice that you're using to help escape from the emotion? So a lot of, I mean, my healing has been that in general, it's where it's like, okay, I'm feeling this kind of a way. I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling irritated. Somebody triggered something in me. So let me go distract immediately from this feeling and get like, it's like an easy out button. And it's funny. I was actually reading, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. 
but she was talking about um, the easy, it's a great book, but she's talking about the easy button. Like people press this easy button to get transported to like this magical heaven where there's no pain. But the problem with that is then the second you're done being there, like after a binge or shopping incessantly, or you call up that ex-boyfriend that doesn't like, <laughs> that's like just a booty call, even though you want more of a relationship. Like even after you're done like that one second, that immediate high, you're transported right back to where you were. And it's usually 10 times worse because you know, you shouldn't have done that thing and it didn't really help anything. So if you have the power to really sit with yourself and you know, the other thing is too, like about the mask, we live in a world, unfortunately, that puts such an emphasis on finances, that if you're financially successful, if you've got the degree, if you've got all of the labels and everything looks nice on the outside, you've got the house, the car and all that stuff, especially if from you know label wise, that you have made it in life. So you should be happy. And I think a lot of these people have made it in life um, and then they find themselves like, that's it. <laughs> and it's like, well, how do you deal with that? Because that's not really fulfilling. And I'm thankfully, I think we're starting to have a conversation more now in this world where it's like, well, what's actual fulfillment? What's happiness? And it's, by the way, going to look very different for everyone. So there's that too. I love that you said that. So before the show, um, Corinne and I were talking about her program that she's offering through, through our sponsor today. Um, own your power and how I also have a 12 month program called own your power. And as you're talking and what you, what you work with your clients on, that's exactly why I started my identity coaching business in the first place was because I saw the amount of people who were living through that mask who were so unhappy. Now I call it situational shaming. So situational shaming is where I look at you, right? And I might look at you, I'm overweight. I am not physically fit in the slightest. I'm overweight. And I'll look at you and I'll be like, oh, you know, I wish I was her. I wish I had her body. I wish I had her life, all of this, right? Because as that's what we're conditioned to do, right? I don't know. And I don't know very many people in this life who haven't done that at least a handful of times, right? So if I look at you and I'm thinking, oh, you have all this, you have all that, you have what I want, right? Instead of looking at what I want. But if I switched and I put myself into your shoes, there's probably things that I wouldn't like, mm -hmm. right? I'd probably be thinking the same thing about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish I was like that. I wish I had that. And so you look at Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, just because it's in the news and, and I don't, I don't want to be beat the dead horse, but um, I look at, at Amber Heard and, and I even situation, I took a point and I situationally shamed and I, and I vented to my husband for a minute and I looked and I said, she married my hall pass. Like, <laughs> he married my hall pass like when she first married Johnny Depp I'm like you dumb I was so mad right I was like no <laughs> no right the fangirl I've I've been you know a fan of Johnny Depp's for many years and so now she married this guy that's amazing and all of this other stuff and you could be like you just married like every girl's dream and you're complaining, right? But not knowing what happened inside of it, mm -hmm. right? You look at when I first started coaching, there was Chris Cornell, there was Chester Beddingfield. They had committed suicide shortly before I, I started coaching. And I looked at Robin Williams and I look at Kate Spade and I look at Miss Universe 2019 and I look at all these people who idealistically have everything that we, uh, we strive for, but they're not happy. And yeah. when somebody, look at Kourtney Kardashian, a few years ago there was, uh, and I caught this episode and it was one of the premiere episodes of the season. And she said, she's crying. And she said, I should be happy. I have everything. I should be happy, mm -hmm. but I'm not. And in the background, I'm going, hi, I'm here because this is what I help with, right? Like I'm yeah. freaking out in the back room going, that is exactly what I work with. 
is people who are unhappy, even though they have everything, mm-hmm. right? And so similar to you, right? People who are unhappy, even though they should have everything. But how many people in the media go, actually said that? Said, then why are you happy? You have nothing to be unhappy about. But she was. And as society, we shame and we blame when people who we assume are, you know, in a better position than us or better than us because of their outward appearance or because of what they have or their position, we tend to belittle the fact that they have feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was to piggyback off of what you're saying. I agree with you because I think people look and they're like, oh, he or she, she's pretty or he handsome or skinny or in shape or wealthy or, you know, um, you know, especially I'm 36, I'm not married. So at this point, there's a lot of like, oh, you're not married yet? Why, why not? What's wrong? <laughs> so it's like, we have this thought that like, well, you should, you should be happy because you have these things. Like there's nothing to complain about. And I think I really don't like it because for two reasons, number one, it completely invalidates the fact that everyone has a choice. You have a choice, everyone has a choice to prioritize what they supposedly say that they want in life. Um, whether it's your weight or marriage or you know making more money, like if it is important to you, you have to do you have to be willing to give up certain things. And lots of times that certain thing you have to give up is the mindset, is the belief of like, no, it's 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 so much easier for everybody else. It's harder for me. I, you know, all of these things that we say that really make us first off a martyr (laughs) and then they just strip us of all of our power (laughs) which is when I did that little um mine's not a course but it's just like a couple quick videos of own your power it was specifically that like the ways that we give up our power and not to give away the whole thing but a couple of them I mean I talk about alcohol in one of the videos and I love wine I love wine but one of the things that I noticed is during COVID of uh, of this trend. And I think a lot of people can relate to this of like, Oh, it's three o'clock. All right. I did everything for the day. <laughs> I guess I'll just open up a bottle of wine. <laughs> like, <laughs> just this pattern. And like those patterns, they take us away from our ability to really feel everything that we, we feel. And you know, what I find really interesting is um, like, I don't watch the Kardashians, but you're saying with that episode, I think people, um, they have a lot of it's like people are so scared to feel sad or feel depressed or feel, you know, I have those days. I don't think anybody doesn't have those days um, where it's just like, I don't know. I don't know why I feel lethargic. I don't know why I feel depressed. I just do. It's like, can you sit with yourself and breathe through it and put your hand on your heart and just be like, okay, what do I need in this moment? Instead of rushing off and going on my phone and then scrolling through Instagram and feeling 10 times worse about myself because she's got a better body and she's got the husband and she's got the, you know, whatever, whatever. Can you actually just feel better or not feel better? Can you just feel, be with yourself and say, what do I need? Do I need a hug? (laughs) Do I need a walk? Do I need a glass of water? Like what what do I need? Uh, Because most of the time, your feelings, they will change. They will move. If you're willing to just sit with them for a while, um, the people just, I think people are just so scared to feel, and then they make themselves wrong for feeling the way that they feel instead of just saying, it's going to move. It'll pass like deep breaths. It's all good. <laughs> One of the problems I find with that is that when, when people do allow themselves to feel those emotions, they don't know how to move past them, not move past them in a way to get rid of them, but they don't know how to get out of them. A lot of people, when they do feel into those emotions, they get stuck. How many people who aren't depressed, who, you know, maybe they are, maybe they're not. How many people, though, choose not to feel their emotions or not to, you know, the positivity movement, the positivity movement, I can't send. And the reason is, is because it gave people a way to bypass, right? Hey, Melissa, I'm sorry. Can, I just want to make sure it's like really low. It's gotten like really low. And I just want to make sure that your volume is still high. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to try and listen better. (laughs) I don't know what happened. How about now? Yes. Perfect. Much better. Well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem. Um, So yeah, what, what the positivity movement has done is it's allowed people to bypass. 
right? And I don't know, there's a lot of people who are scared to feel those emotions so that they don't feel anxiety, so that they don't feel depression, so that they don't feel, so they bypass it. But in essence, what they're doing is they're not bypassing it and getting rid of it. They're just pushing it down, right? They're ignoring it or pushing it down. Those feelings don't go away. They're still there. There's still something that's triggering those feelings and having them stay. So you're not, you're not feeling into it. I mentioned on, I can't remember if it was um, the last episode or the episode before, but I was feeling really down and I don't generally feel down very often, but I was feeling really down and I was really stressed out and there was a bunch of stuff going on and I was just really tired. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I was just having a really hard week and I, I went downstairs to make my daughter lunch because she was home. And I said to myself, I said, Melissa, this isn't you. Like, this isn't the way that you are. Feel into it, but what's causing it? Let's see what's causing it, first of all, right? So I felt into it. I allowed myself to feel it. And then I'm like, okay, this isn't me. I'm going to move past this. And I'm going to do what I need to do to process and resolve these feelings. But I don't feel them anymore. And part of it was that I wasn't telling my husband that I was stressed. I wasn't talking to my husband about how I felt, what I needed, or how to work through it myself. I wasn't bringing him in. And as soon as I brought him in, everything, it was all done. Mm -hmm. Right? When you feel the emotion, first of all, and, and I tell everybody this, this is my step-by-step. -step. Number one, feel the emotion. Always feel the emotion. Number two, you have a choice. When you feel that emotion, you have the choice to sit with it for as long as you want or to sit with it for a short time. You don't have to let it consume you. It doesn't have to become everything with your life. You can say, okay, now I know how I feel. I've sat with it. What's causing it? And then you make those choices. What's causing it? What do I need to do about that? If you need to ask somebody for help on how to change that feeling or change the trigger, then you go through that process. But living with an executive mask or living through an executive mask, a lot of people who are in, like I said, those high profile executive positions are terrified of, of even slightly showing any weakness. Because again, they're ridiculed, they're shamed, they're judged, they're rejected, they're you know, they're, um, again, I, I don't want to go through this, but, but everybody can relate. Most people can relate to hearing this, but the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial again, where she said to him, go ahead, Johnny, go ahead, tell the judge, tell the jury that you're an abused man. I didn't even, I barely watched. <laughs> but, but there's a recording of her saying that to him. And it's, it's that mentality of, you know, men and abuse. There are a lot of men in high profile positions who are victims of abuse, who are victims of depression and anxiety and not being happy where they're at, but there's this expectation of them, mm -hmm. right? Same thing goes with women. It's, it's not gender specific. There's an expectation with that mask. And I think that is one of the, the deadliest things is having that expectation. So I predominantly work with women, but I only have one program um, that I have both men and women in it. And it's been, I'm running it right now. And it's been so wonderful having my male clients. But one of the things that's been really eye-opening for me is exactly that. Like how many, we need more. I'm so happy that I'm seeing more um, male, like, life coaches or, you know, mentors coming out because we really, I mean, I feel like the women we've got like us women folk, <laughs> like we, we've got it going, but the men, like they are the poor guys, like they're just so, um, there's so much healing that there's still so much shame around showing emotions or sensitivities. And what's really interesting is like, we say that we want like a sensitive man, but how often do we find a man showing emotion? And I've heard this time and again, where women then just shut down and they freak out and they don't know what to do with it because we're so taught that like men don't act like that. But really I've noticed that men are actually very, very, they're sensitive and they're very loving. And, but you have to be 
well, that's a whole different conversation getting into like masculine and feminine energetics, but <laughs> um, really like having that space, like, are you healed um, energetically, like in your feminine and your masculine? But um, yeah, so I wanted to share something else. I forgot what it was. Oh, but yeah, as far as like, there's just, um, yeah, I want to actually go back and watch that whole trial. <laughs> I am happy that he won in a totally separate note. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I saw this professor. I was like, oh, yeah. <sighs> uh, whether, whether you, no matter what team you're on, if the trial's over, but at the same time, it's, it's clear to me as a victim myself, um, having worked with work, worked with victims and being a mindset expert, because I have no doubt that I am, and that's not a conceit thing is he, he absolutely and utterly in one way or another was, and you can see it, right. You can see it by the way he talks. You can see it by the way he responds and reacts and you're right, men. And, and I'm not saying the executive mask is harsher for men and women like it, it goes both ways but i i'd love to focus on men. i work with men in my in my practice i always have because i've had men come to me and tell me about their abuse men are just as abused as women but they never say it yeah right they hold it in whether they're abused as children whether they're abused as teens whether they're abused as adults um, and I, I need to do a whole nother episode on abuse because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's actually, um, something that needs to be talked about is the cycle of abuse in, in men and women, because it's, it's, it's horrid. And, but this is, goes back to, and I think, um, when I think we both focus on so much is, is that personal responsibility. You know, if we want to change the world, we have to really change ourselves. Like that's where our personal responsibility comes into play. And this is where also being aware of your emotions when you're present and you're having an emotion and you're feeling that emotion. Um, I personally feel like it's like a wave, like the emotional high will come, but then like whatever the highest is, if you can just ride that, it'll kind of come back down. And then you know how to respond from that point. Um, instead of like putting a blocker in and going and running and grabbing food or putting a blocker in and going and, you know, texting somebody or running, opening up your social media or, or opening up wine or whatever. Um, but yeah, really taking that personal responsibility. I, the biggest gift you can give yourself, I just, from my own experience is self-development. Um, a hundred percent. Like I'm such a big advocate for it. And it's interesting because I used to before be like, oh, it's, um, what's the word? It's, like, how could I possibly say that? Um, or how could I be so, I'm sorry, the, the word's escaping my mind right now, but you know, I believe so much in like self-development. I literally would not date somebody. I wouldn't, I just, I couldn't date somebody who wasn't as passionate about it because you learn so much about yourself. And when you're able to be so hyper aware of how you handle something, you know, when a situation isn't right for you, you know, when a situation isn't good, like, you know, you say what you really mean instead of saying the triggered version of what your response wants to be. Like you can tell the difference when you're coming from love and when you're coming from the trigger. <laughs> so it's, it's such great work. I love it. Yep. It absolutely is. I find that, um, let's, let's transfer now a little bit of living through that executive mask to, um, dating when you're an executive, if you're single and an executive, that's another thing. Um, there are so many stereotypes and so many struggles when you're dating as an executive that, you know, um, for women and men or for women, particularly uh, not, not in total, but particularly for women is having to settle. So number one, having to settle for, for less, um, having to make themselves smaller or less powerful, um, because obviously, right, we, when they're standing in their masculinity, then it triggers other women and men, uh, which is crap, but that's just the stereotype, right? We are talking about stereotypes here, people, so don't come up. Um, the next one is, you know, having to settle for Joe Blow or, or whatever, you're settling for having to make yourself smaller, um, 
not having that level of trust. And I think this one goes to men and women is when you are in an executive position, that level of trust, because you now have to worry if you are, and it's, it's not exclusive to executives because, you know, the nine to fivers still have the same question is, am I being used? Is this, are they really here for me or what I can provide for them? Are they, you know, so there's a lot more questions and because you're, you're living through a mask, are you actually showing the person that you're interested in or the person that you're dating? Are you really showing them who you are? And on top of that, do you even know who you are? That's the first question. Um, oh, this is my absolute favorite topic because obviously I'm single. So I'm like, oh, I can talk about this for days. Um, I'm actually planning on coming out with a course in probably a month or two because um, of exactly what you're saying. So many women, uh, like specifically for women, because so many women who are uber successful, they can't seem to get a guy and they don't want to settle. And or the guy, like the kinds of guys that they do want to date you know, either aren't available or they're gay or they're not interested in them or whatever. And I found it, oh, can I, wait, can I give a couple tips for this? Cause I just mm -hmm. like, in case you have anybody single, <laughs> I don't want to leave anyone hanging. Okay. First off, it is a hundred percent as a, as a business woman, whether you're an entrepreneur or you work in corporate, you have to leave that at the door. I'm sorry, but you cannot go on a date or set up your profile or having conversation. And if you're not, okay, first and foremost, actually, let me take a step back. Um, if you're not familiar with masculine and feminine terminology, uh, there is so many books around that. I highly recommend understanding what that even means, because I think so often when we think about masculine or feminine, we're looking at it. I know I did at least um, masculine being like, oh, well, I like to wear dresses, so that doesn't make me masculine, but that has nothing to do with it at all. Like no. a man, being a man doesn't mean that you're necessarily masculine, more masculine, and being a woman doesn't make you more feminine. It's physically your, your, your actual energetics. So, um, and just to kind of explain this a little bit, um, masculine energy is that it's, it's the drive, it's getting things done, it's um, it's how we work. It's how we complete things because feminine energy is more go with the flow and relaxing and receiving. Creative. So, if we, yeah, creative. So if we were all just, you know, receiving, nothing would ever get done. So we need, we need both. Um, but I found that with women, they are in that. And I know with my last relationship, this was a huge fault of mine. I was in this drive, go, go, go. My business was going great. So I was making the clients and making the deals and, or, you know, selling, you know, working with everybody and, I would get off at night and I would still be bringing that into my relationship then. And then we would have fights. <laughs> um, and then I would get irritated because I'm like, why is he being like, I don't want to make the dinner reservations. Like, I don't want to have to keep taking charge. But then because I wasn't settling into my feminine, one of us has to be feminine. Otherwise, there's going to be no like polarity there. <laughs> um, so one of the things I've noticed is really learning to just take a breath. And this is why I love going outside and taking a walk or grounding, putting my feet in the dirt because it settles me down. And that way I can then, okay, now I can have a conversation. And if I'm looking for that masculine man, and again, masculine energetically, um, although I do love tall, dark and handsome, <laughs> um, but if I'm looking for that masculine man, I need to be coming in with that feminine, more feminine energy. So ladies, if you're looking for a masculine, take charge, make the dinner reservations, all that thing, like watch how you're conversing, watch how you're setting up your profile. Um, I have a lot of guy friends and I was actually looking on, um, uh, well, Hinge is like my favorite dating app, but if um, I was looking at his dating app and I was it was really interesting watching the women, the way they worded their profile. Um, I'm actually going to do probably some free courses on that because the way you, the way you set up your profile, the things that you're choosing to answer, the pictures you're choosing to put up. I couldn't believe how many women, um, the energy behind the words, it was very competitive. And a guy does not want to be competed with. <laughs> so it was, it was all really interesting. Mine does. Mine does. Yeah. <laughs> Mine does. Well, I mean, like, I think a challenge is fun, but, but I mean, as far as like, yeah, like, yeah. oh, I've got this degree and I've got this and I've got that. It's like, mm, is that really the energy that like, go get them that 
again, if you're looking for a man to take the lead, that also is dependent. If this isn't resonating for the women watching this, and they're like, no, I want a guy who's more relaxed and this and that, then disregard this whole thing. <laughs> because you don't even need to do that, right? Um, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I do have a program on uh, dating and creating, it's called Creating Space for Love. And it's how to create space for your ideal partner or your ideal relationship, starting with you, because that's what you and I focus on, right? Is self, self-development and, and all of that. I, I love that you mentioned tall, dark and handsome because I want to, Disney and, and most of us, you're 36, I'm, I'm almost 39. So we very close in age. Um, Disney screwed us up. <laughs> Disney taught yeah. us that we need to be damsels in distress. We need Mr. Taldark and handsome. We need to be rescued and, you know, true love's perfect kiss and, and all of this, right? When in reality, it has nothing to do with that. So first things first, I love how you mentioned creating the profile and being on that dating app and, and showing what energy you bring in, because that is very important. I know for my, my husband and I, it's, there are times when I'm in my masculine energy and he's in his masculine energy and we feed off of it and we play fight, right? Because we both need that. So we'll play fight. Or if we're both in our feminine energy, we'll snuggle and we'll, you know, have tender time where it's just snuggling, watching a movie or wh whatever, right? Um, but then there's time where I'm in my feminine and I'm upset or, you know, not even in my feminine, but if I'm emotional and he is comforting me, there's a lot of different scenarios. And that's the dynamic of two individuals in a relationship. There's always, there's always three parts to every relationship, your part, your partner's part, and then the relationship itself. And it's like a, a bank account, a joint bank account. If you have a joint bank account, each of you have to put money into that bank account to provide the relationship with what it needs. And the yeah. same goes, right? Um, love languages. Finding out what your love language is is a huge one um, because there's a lot of expectations and a lot of assumptions in that. Um, like the um, wanting somebody who does the reservations, right? My husband's love language is gifts of service, where my love language is physical affection. And so if I don't get the physical affection, I don't feel loved, but at the same, and that can cause issues, right? That can cause a lot of tension and a lot of arguing. You don't love me because you're not affectionate and all of that. When in reality, I never have to worry that my car's oil needs to be changed. I never need to worry about doing um, yard work or any other thing. He does all that for me. He takes out the garbage. He does laundry. He does dishes. He, he does all of these things, right? And that's his gifts of service. That's his way of showing me he loves me. So understanding that there are different dynamics in each partner and giving each other and communicating what that is. Um, Wanting Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome, because that is a common, common thing. I never thought I would be with somebody who didn't have hair. And my husband is completely bald. And I never thought that would be a possibility, right? And, but I'm so grateful for it now because he has no back or chest hair. And I absolutely <laughs> love that. And I'm just like, oh, I don't have to worry about hairy chests. And don't get me wrong. For anybody who likes hairy chest, good on you. I don't. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, right? Um, but that's a personal opinion. But it isn't, you know, you can say, and you mentioned this earlier, you can say that you want somebody who is um, into personal development and very aware. And, but at the same time, that's limiting, you're limiting that person, right? Um, when you go and start to create your ideal relationship, it isn't about that person at all. It's actually about you. It's about what you need to feel, what you want to feel, and what you want to be as a partner, right? So I went into my relationship. I wrote a book on this, on how I took all of my past relationships and said, I learned this from this one, this from that one, this from that one, this one from that one. And I created my ideal relationship based on what I didn't want. 
I wanted to feel supported. I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel safe. I wanted somebody who wouldn't judge me, who wouldn't, you know, who had my back if I needed them. And I, I created that, right? And I found the person who would provide that for me. But whether or not he was self-aware, whether or not he had a good job, whether or not he had children, what he looked like, none of that came into play. It was what he made me feel. That was my biggest takeaway, right? It's what they make you feel. If you focus on how you want to feel, it opens you up to an entirely another level of a relationship that isn't there. And the same goes with executives wearing a mask, right? There's a lot of this misconception that, you know, I always joke with my husband and I said, when I get to Oprah status, you're going to, I'm going to retire you and you're going to be my trophy husband. (laughs) That's just the way it's going to be, but as a joke, right? And you think of high executives who have trophy wives, right? Or, you know, the cougars who, and pardon, you know, I'm almost at cougar status. So just fair warning. Um, the cougars who have the young, hot, buff dude escorting them to the parties, right? Like it just, there's that expectation when in reality, it doesn't need to be that. It's if you feel loved, you project that out. Oh, hundred percent. Right. And you can tell, you can tell whether you're trying to, to, that's the thing about the masks, right? If it's somebody like you or I who meets somebody in person and they're wearing an executive mask, you know, right? Mm-hmm. We, we could tell if you're wearing an executive in a heartbeat. Mask. In a heartbeat. Yep. It's like, I can walk down the street and I'm, I'm not going to finish this. <laughs> Actually, I probably will. I can walk down the street and know, um, I, I can point out certain workers mm-hmm. walking down the street um, in a heartbeat. And it's just because I've been there, done that. I know, I know the mannerisms. I know the, the walk. I know all of that. Right. So, um, it all goes, it, it all goes ties into that. You and I have that capability of being like, yeah, you're wearing a mask. <laughs> Who are you underneath? Let's, let's, let's meet the shiny person underneath. Um, I love that you said about focusing on what you, what you feel like inside when you're meeting your husband or when you met your husband or dating, um, because obviously, and it's so funny that you said the bald thing, because I, you're not the first married person I've talked to that, that I, they all say the same line. I never thought I'd marry a man that dot, 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 dot. And, um, for me, that was a really big thing. I had to kind of let go of, um, like, obviously you're sexually attracted to who you're sexually attracted to. And I think that's where a lot of women get hung up because they're like, but I'm just not attracted to them. And like, no one's asking you to go date somebody that you're like repulsed by. No. <laughs> what we're saying is, um, and it's funny because I had, somebody was looking at my like profile, my dating app and they're like, you've got so many matches. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm going through the photos. I'm reading what they have to say. And I'm letting my gut intuition tell me a yes or a no. But like, if I'm kind of interested, I'm going to match with them because I don't, first off, there's so little that you can tell just from pictures. Like, thankfully, some of these apps are giving now voice notes or videos that you can kind of add to it. But like, there's so like you, when you give somebody an opportunity, go on a date, go grab some coffee and just see how it goes. Like the flow, you'll know if it's there or not. And sometimes a person needs a time or two to kind of feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, but if you're shutting somebody down immediately because they don't have the right job, they are not the right height. They're not, you know, whatever they're bald, <laughs> whatever your thing is like, yep. you're going to miss out on some really good people. And, um, when I opened up to that, it, it totally, like I'm dating a bunch of like really great guys now that I never, ever would have dated before because one guy has kids and I was like, I don't want anyone with kids. And the other guy was previously married. I don't want a guy who's previously married. Like there was just so many. And again, like if it's a, if it's a non-negotiable, like for me, the self, um, the being extremely aware, um, what I noticed is like for self-development, for example, like I want somebody who um, really likes to work on themselves. It doesn't mean that they need to do self-development the way you and I are doing it. Um, for a long time, I had this thing where I was like, I only want entrepreneur. And then I'm like, you know what? 
that's not true. Actually, it's not that I really only want an entrepreneur. It's that there's qualities about entrepreneurs I really like, their drive. So no, it's not that I really want an entrepreneur. It's that I really want a guy who's very driven. So look at your belief, like for your viewers, look at your beliefs that you think you have and then look and just see like, is there a belief under the belief like that you're actually looking for? And maybe it's not really what you think it is that you want. It's something else. So yeah, so that's that. But and I agree with you. And this is why I think I've gotten so I'm amazing at dating (laughs) and amazing at teaching other people how to date because what I'm teaching is again, this goes back to food and every other topic, it's how do you feel in yourself? So don't be so worried on the date about whether or not he likes you or whether he's going to call you or whether he's seeing other women or any of that. Don't worry about any of that. Just what you have fun. to worry about is like, yeah, have fun. And, but then drop into your body and say, how do I feel your point? Yep. How do I feel? <laughs> yeah. And that's so. the thing people don't realize. And, and this goes back to the executive mask as well your life is directly related to how you feel, mm-hmm. right? Um, I coined the term many years ago that your emotions create your reality and your mindset creates your emotions. So your emotions aren't, but I feel this way. Well, you feel that way because you think you feel that way, right? A belief has triggered that emotion. So if you look at somebody and you're not attracted to them, based off of their job, right? Then you're like, oh, well, no. But you don't know anything about that person. You just know what their career is. We take on that, uh, and this goes hand in hand with identity and, and executive masks. Our title, our role, our gender, our all of, none of that says who we are, right? I can sit here and I can say to you and I can say to the audience that, hey, my name's Melissa. I'm a wife of 13 years. I have four children. I have five cats, a dog, and I am a multi-passionate six business owner. Um, Do you know anything about me? You know what everybody else knows. And how many other people in the world can say that they're a wife, can say that they're a mother, can say that they're a business owner, an entrepreneur, or multi-passionate. There are so many people who can say all of those same things about themselves. Mm-hmm. But if I go deeper and I say, hey, I am fiercely passionate about my family. I am you, I am friendly until you piss me off. And then I then then be careful because I'm vindictive and I'm volatile. Um I'm very passionate about animal abuse and child abuse and domestic violence and everything, right? And and my biggest and greatest passion is helping people understand who they are. And you feel the difference. You feel the difference. There is a different energy that goes with actually knowing who you are. And the first step of that, for anybody who's wearing an executive mask, The very first thing that I do with all of, well, one of the very first things that I do with all of my clients is look in the mirror and ask yourself who you are. And I want you to write it down. Ask yourself who you are. Before you look in the mirror, write it down. Ask yourself who you are. Second, go and look in a mirror and look at that person looking back at you. Look into their eyes and you write down everything that comes to mind. How many nasty negative things are you saying to yourself? Right? Are you sitting in that executive mask and saying, you're powerful, you're great? Are you just standing in the mirror saying a ton of affirmations because you don't actually feel that way? Mm -hmm. Right? I love affirmations. I love gratitude. I love all of those things, manifestation, law of attraction, all of that. But a good percentage of those things have created the bypassing. And that's where we get the executive masks because you're, yeah, okay, you're powerful, you're successful, you're great, absolutely. But what is your emotional health, right? Mm -hmm. We started this episode talking about emotional eating and and executive masks. Your emotional health dictates everything. It dictates (laughs) your happiness in everything. And if you're using affirmations to try to avoid like the positivity movement, if you're using manifestation to, you know, create something, but you're still unhappy right now, you're not going to be happy when it manifests, mm-hmm. right? 
your intent behind it, your reason behind it, right? When we bypass, we're not actually processor, processing, learning, or healing anything. And then you become more stagnant, you become more unhappy, you become more depressed. That's when you turn to the bottle of wine. COVID showed us that when we were, you know, all stuck in there, you're like, hey, by three o'clock, I'm done what I'm doing. I'm going to open a bottle of wine. That bottle of wine represents the fact that at three o'clock, you have nothing else to do and you're bored and you're depressed because you can't go anywhere or visit anything. Mm -hmm. Right? There, there was so much of that that yeah. happened, right? And spiritual bypassing or any kind of form of bypassing, the affirmations, all of, none of that helped with that. It was just a way to say, oh, you're amazing and you're great and I love you when you're looking in the mirror. And it's great to say those things to yourself. But if you're not actually working on changing those beliefs, you can't just cover them up. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what you do. You cover them up and it doesn't work. Well, that's the difference between affirmations that are in the head. Like so many people say affirmations, but it needs to actually be in your body. You need to feel it. If you're just r rambling off a bunch of words, it's not going to work. Um, and I love what you said about um, the whole, you know, wanting to, I think you said, wait, I forgot. Um, but I know for me back then, that was my, I don't even think, I know that was one of the reasons why I had such a hard time losing weight or keeping it off or without chronic dieting or exercising like a lunatic was because I believed that if I lost the weight, I was going to be happy. So it was like, talk about all that stress just to be happy. Like it's, you know, it's so, and so many people, it's so many people, they think they're, if they get married, they're going to be happy. Then they won't be lonely. If they think that, you know, um, if they make more money, they'll be happy. Exactly what you said. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to, even if you can, and cause lots of times you can manifest like from that space, in my opinion, I think you can. Um, I know they, like everyone wants to tell you that like, oh, you have to be high vibe in order to manifest. No, you're manifesting all the time. So lots of times you can, you can get what you want. You can work your ass off and never have any free time and at the stake of your health and everything else and make all the money. But it's like, if, what are you looking for exactly? And I think this goes back to really sitting with yourself and figuring that part out. Um, like, what is your real bigger vision here? Like, that encompasses everything. So I want to make money and I want to feel good in my body and I want to help be happy relationship. But like, just, I want all those things. Everyone wants all those things, but it's like, how do I want to feel my day-to-day -day life? And um, yeah, I love that. I love that you said that. <laughs> yep. I did a, um, a case study and I'm, I'm in a, a case study because it wasn't actually on actual clients because that would be breach of confidentiality. Um, but I did two case studies on a man and a woman, and I have it in a, in a PDF. And what it is, is it's one woman who has like this ideal life, right? And another man who has this ideal life, both of them uh, are unhappy. And throughout this, it's about my seven mindset pillars. That's where I have it. <laughs> I was like, where do I have that? Um, so I did my seven mindset pillars. And when I did the seven mindset pillars, I did those two case studies. At the beginning, it was like, this person has all of this, right? Because situational, they have all of this. He has all of this, but neither one of them's happy. And then at the end of it, I go, this is why she's not happy. This is why he's not happy. And again, it came down to that inner feeling of, am I, is this what I really want? Am I happy because of this, right? Um, as executives, when you're wearing an executive mask, you know, the, the male in the story was divorced and the life of the party and everybody went to him because he was a cool guy and all of this stuff, right? And his daughter, he had two, two daughters and um, he lived in this beautiful condo on the beach and his daughter had adopted a dog for him and he just, he was the life of the party, right? But he was so unhappy. And getting to the bottom of that was that he is divorced from his daughter's mother and he wanted her back. And the reason they divorced was because when he was a child, his dad worked and worked and worked and worked to provide for the family because that was his mentality, right? Mm -hmm. And he realized, hey, I need to work my butt off to provide for my family. But he actually denied his family his time, his emotion, because he was constantly in that masculine energy of provide, 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 fight, focus go right and he lost out on that 
where the woman, it was, you know, she was a principal and, you know, did everything. She was the fun mom who everybody went to. They were invited to everything, award ceremonies, all of that. Unhappy. And the reason she was unhappy because she did everything for everybody else and never spent a single moment on herself. And with executives, those are just a couple of the two biggest things is number one, never having time for yourself. You asked me before we started the show, because I do have six businesses, four kids and a husband. Um, how do I manage it all? And it's because I have one clear boundaries. Number two, I make myself a priority over absolutely everything. Yeah. I am a priority over my children, a priority over my husband, a priority over my businesses. What I need is what I give myself because from the day I'm born to the day I die, I am my only constant. Mm -hmm. Right. And in executive masks, we forget that our business becomes our constant. Our job becomes our constant, our constant, our need to prove ourselves women in particular women in high profile positions have had to fight tooth and nail. And we just did an episode on feminism. Women have had to fight tooth and nail to gain the equality to be executives. And you tend to stand in your masculine when you're creating that, right? You tend to stand in that power, that ability to focus and provide and all of that. And you kind of push away your feminine and you push away your needs and your beliefs because you have to keep up with all the other guys. Right. And that's been conditioned into us from our parents, our TV shows, you know, our peers, what we've seen, our experiences in the, in the executive world. I knew an executive woman who was just about top tier and she was one of the meanest people I had ever met when deep down she shouldn't have been. Right. Yeah. Like she was sweet to everybody else, but she was known as the rude one in the company because she was in that masculine energy all the time, all the time. Well, you hear that so often with about women who like, it's hard. It's like more difficult to have a female boss because they're, you know, they're trying to constantly prove <laughs> exactly that. So yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't want to keep you too much longer. So is there anything you'd like to add before we go? Um, well, if anyone would like to please download um, the Own Your Power. It's a free, um, I think there's four videos or five now, I'm forgetting. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, five, five yeah, tips. Um, they're all just, they're all bite-sized. I wanted to keep them under 10 minutes uh, because I know that we're all super busy, mm -hmm. but they're great little videos. So just kind of make you super aware. A lot of the work that I do, again, is helping my clients become aware of why they're doing what they're doing, their patterns, why they're getting triggered by certain stuff. But um, sometimes the first step is literally just being aware of, oh, I do this, I do that. This is like, this is how the power is seeping out of me and really just stand back in it, theme, uh, feet firmly planted on the ground and say, nope, <laughs> I'm taking it back. So love, if you're feeling called to, um, I would love for you to download it. And um, I actually, well, I know Melissa, we talked about this. I have um, one other mindset thing. It's going to be 30 days of one to two minute voice clips, but I, it's not ready yet. Um, but if you'd like access to that, just shoot me a message, come over to Instagram. I'm like obsessed with Instagram, especially stories. <laughs> so just DM me and I'll get that to you. Um, just DM me the word elevate and I'll, I'll get that to you as soon as it's done. Absolutely. But thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. Thank you for joining me. So if any of you watching, catching the replay or watching live would like to message either myself or Corinne, please do so. Our links are in the description. Like Corinne said, go and download her five ways that you are leaking your power with her own your power series, five videos that are going to help you take back that power and own it because why the hell not? Um, that is our sponsor for today. Thank you again, Corinne, for joining me. Thank you. For everybody watching, please let go like and follow us on our social media accounts. Um, I do know that our TikTok and our LinkedIn need a little bit more love before we can go live. So please go and bump those up for me. 
Um, if you'd like to be a member of our newsletter, please do so. We've got blogs coming out. We've got mini episodes launching this weekend. We have lives Monday to Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time for your viewing pleasure. If you'd like to catch up on our 71 other videos, <laughs> today is 72, you can do so on our episode page on our website at justalivetv.com. If you'd like to be a guest speaker or if you'd like to have a topic featured on the show, please do so. Reach out to me at justalivetv.com. You can reach out to me on our various social media accounts and get that topic featured because we like talking about the things that people just aren't talking enough about, like wearing an executive mask because we all want you to be happy. So thank you again, Corinne. I had a wonderful episode. And for all of you watching, I hope you have a wonderful morning, night, or evening whenever you are watching. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.